inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and welcome to my world. You know, it's been a great week of radio this week. I call it my passion week. I like to correlate to life. You know, it was Billy Graham who said uh, a preacher worth any of his weight uh, has a Bible in one hand and has a newspaper in the other. Well, I'll tell you what, anybody, if you're a warrior, if you're a leader at this time, you need to know what time it is. Again, when I talk about time, there are two words that we use to go to the English word time. They're Greek words. One is kairos and one is uh, chronos. Chronos is what most of you think about when someone says, what time is it? It's the time on the 24-hour dial. But kairos is the time we are in. And leaders need to know what time it is. There's a group of people, the warriors from the tribe of Issachar, um, the Bible says that there are some of Dave, King David's greatest warriors, uh, these warriors from the tribe of Issachar. And the Bible goes on to say that what makes these warriors so powerful, so uh, qualified, so needed, is they knew what time it was. Again, not chronological. Nope, Kairos. That's what we're talking about when you read Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. There are seasons. There are times. And today, our time, our season is Passion Week. And today is the last day of the week. And so today, I kind of piggyback today's show on yesterday's show. Yesterday's show was a question. Will you rise? Uh, If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. I had a a recent graduate from Leadership Awakening on there. Very, very powerful. And I tied it into Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was one of my favorite speakers. And he was a man of God. And so you'd buy a little ticket. You'd listen to uh, Zig speak. And, you know, they'd sell stuff in the back of the room. At the end of the presentation, he'd say, well, thank you so much. I'm Zig Ziglar. You got what you paid for. It is finished. Uh, thank you so much. Share share me with other people. And he goes, however, uh, I'm going to leave the stage now. But in 15 minutes, I'm going to come back. And so you got what you paid for. It's done. It's, you know, this transaction's completed. However, I will be back on the stage in 15 minutes. I'll tell you some, some secret information that I did not share on the stage earlier. I will share with you what I believe is the true secret to my success. And I will sh- share with you what I believe is the true secret to anybody's success. And then he would share his faith. I got a great poem. I don't know who wrote it. It says unknown, but I do know the title. It's called The Potter and the Clay. There is a time I know not when, a place I know not where, which marks the destiny of men to heaven or despair. 
There is a line by us not seen, which crosses every path, the hidden boundary between God's patience and his wrath. To cross that line is to die, to die as if by stealth. It may not pale the beaming eye, nor quench the glowing health. The conscious may still be at ease, the spirit's light and gay. That which is pleasing may still please, and care be thrust away. But on that forehead God has set indelibly a mark. By man unseen, for man as yet is blind and in the dark. And still the doomed man's path below may bloom like Eden bloomed. He did not, does not, will not know, nor feel that he is doomed. He feels, he sees that all is well. His every fear is calmed. He lives, he dies, he walks, he wakes in hell. Not only doomed, but damned. Oh, where is that mysterious born by which each path is crossed, beyond which God himself has sworn that he who goes is lost? How long may men go on in sin? How long will God forbear? Where does hope end and where begin the confines of despair? One answer from the skies is sent, ye who from God depart. While it is called today, repent and harden not your heart. Great poem. And today, I want to pull a Zig Ziglar on you. Since you really don't pay for this radio show, I pay for it. It doesn't really a fair analogy, but close enough. That yesterday's show, we talked about how to overcome. We talked about hope. We had somebody share that, hey, they would just listen to my radio show. And after a while listening, they figured, hey, maybe that training will help me out. They got a chance to go. And Judy went. And Judy's life is forever changed. And so I use Judy as an example. That life is an undulating line. It has ups and downs, highs and lows, peaks and valleys. And we got to feel. Because too many people shut off the pain. They're so tired of struggling that they don't go too high. And they're, they're tired of hurting so they don't go too low. And, and if you don't go too high and you don't go too low, it winds up meeting right smack dab in the middle in what we call a flat line. And if you're ever hooked up to an EKG machine, unless there's a technical error, you will never see that flat line. You know Why? Because you're dead. You got to put a fork in it. It's done. And ladies and gentlemen, this week, we're celebrating Passion Week with the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Lord Jesus. But we got to understand, what about us? Will you rise? Will you rise? Will you rise? Will you overcome? Will you grab onto the one source? For the Bible says, 
that for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he also goes on to say, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so today, let me preach to you a little bit. Let me show you what daddy wants you to see. Let me tell you, it really matters what daddy did for us and what Jesus did. Let me show you there are signs all around us of the times. You know, these times are appointed time. That's what all these festivals are, all these feasts are. You know, the Jewish feast, they got the Passover, they got the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the fe uh, Feast of First Fruits, the Shavat, or what we call Pentecost, the Days of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles. That's all about remembrance. The whole thing is about remembering. Those festivals, if you go to the Greek... It is appointed times. It is appointed time to remember, to be mindful of the shadow because God has sent us many shadows of things to come. And he's telling us, people, get ready. There's a, there's a train coming. And so today, I'm going to show you about the signs. Today, I'm going to give you five reasons, logical reasons. This is Mr. Black. Don't run away. I, I approach your heart through your head and I approach your head through your heart. And I take things of the psychological, biological, theological, sociological, leadershipological, and put them together in a way that makes sense. Remember, education is about what we're about on this radio show. And by education, I do not mean the learning of mere facts and figures. No, I use Albert Einstein's definition. Oh, education is a process of training the brain to think. So today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to tell you, he is risen. And now I'm going to give you some evidence to back that up. We'll be right back. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the, the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. That's what we do here. And I want to thank you for listening to the radio show. But please, if you listen to solely the radio show, you haven't been to my class, why would you cheat yourself? 
I want to give you hope. And I know this radio show creates some hope, but I want to give you long lasting hope. I want to give you back your power. As Dr. Viktor Frankl said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And I want you to know you have a lot more control over your experience than you realize. And it comes down to your belief systems. It comes down to understanding who you are and why you're here. And so this is, in the, in the Christian world, in the Jewish world, this is a special week. It's called the Passion Week. On Sunday, a couple days ago, it's the famous day that was documented, that was preordained, that was prophesied in about hundreds of years in advance, maybe even thousands. This is the day the Lord has created. I'll be happy and rejoice in it. That was what that verse is talking about. That Palm Sunday, when Jesus would ride in on a donkey and people would lay down their palm branches to cover the ground so that the Messiah would not get dust. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That's what they said on Sunday. A couple days later, they were saying, crucify, crucify. A couple days later, there were a lot of lies and fake witnesses and blasphemies. He was nailed to a cross. But the story doesn't end there. If it ended there, then we're all in a mess. If it ended with Jesus dying on a cross, then we're all in a mess. Because he promised to rise. And if he hasn't risen, you haven't risen. And if he hasn't risen, then Christmas is nothing more than another pagan holiday. And so why do I rise up? People ask me all the time, why do I do what I do? How do I keep it going? Go black. I have people tell me all the time, how do you do it? How do you pour so much energy out? How do you go 20-hour days? How do you do it time after time, week after week, month after month, year after year, now 31 years, tens of thousands of people that God has blessed me with the ability to impact their life? How do you do it? And I tell them, it's a bunch of BS. Now, see, nobody responds to reality. We respond to map reality. So right now, some of you, for whatever reason, maybe you haven't heard me before. Maybe you are sarcastic or pessimistic. And you just busted a gut when I said what I said. Because you don't know what it means. But other people, I say the same thing. Oh, and it shakes their soul and puts a tear in their eye. See, nobody responds to reality. We respond to our map o reality. And so it's my map of reality. See, BS is belief system. Everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. And I know some of you get worried because then we start going to faith and go, oh my gosh, you can't talk about it. What does faith have to do with leadership? What does faith have to do with life? What does faith have to do with government? Everything. Because it's your frame. It's your operating system. There's only two operating systems. Keep it simple, soldier. There's a flesh operating system where your flesh decides everything. Or there's a God operating system. There's an FOS, flesh operating system, or a GOS. 
It's either Windows or Mac. One or the other. Choose. But we got to keep it simple, soldier. Why do you think our creator, our manufacturer, the one who wrote the owner's manual, the one who walked in our shoes, knows that the number one weapon formed against us is confusion? Did you hear that? Is confusion. And God knew that so much that the greatest commandment, I believe, I've never done the research, but I believe it'd be hard to prove me wrong, is to remember. To remember. My favorite chapter in the Bible is the book of chapter 8 of Deuteronomy. I believe one of my favorite books in the Bible, I got a lot of favorites, is the book of Deuteronomy. The entire book is called the second law. The entire book is nothing more than reiteration of iterations that have already been placed. Deuteronomy 8 starts off while you must carefully follow every commandment I'm giving you today so that you may live and multiply and enter and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And then he goes on with how he's going to do this. How are you going to carefully follow every commandment? The first word of verse 2 tells you, and it is what this entire chapter is about. It's about what the book of Deuteronomy is about. It's about why we have the Bible. The first word is to remember. Remember that these 40 years, the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness so that he might humble you. He tells you why he did it, so that he might humble you and test, listen, and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, and in your hunger, he gave you manna to eat, which neither you nor your fathers had known, so that you might understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Don't you get it? It's all about remembering. It's all about putting it back together. And I learned a long time ago, that leaders remember the right things. If I could go back to a little me, I'd tell myself uh, one of the most important things to little me. I'd say, hey, little black man, be careful what you hold on to. I'd look down, I'd get on a knee and look that little me in the eye, my little hazel eyes, my little buck tooth, little grin. I'd say, hey, little black man, be careful what you hold on to. In other words, I'm telling be careful what you remember. Because leaders remember the right things. Why do you think God has to give us a Bible? It's basic understanding or basic instruction before leaving earth. It's an owner's manual to keep us on course. Why did he give us the stars? Jesus said this. In the, he said, you know how to read the weather but cannot read the signs of the times. And I want you to understand this. There's a huge difference between astrology, which is interpreting the signs of the heavenly scroll, and the worship of planets and stars. There is a different between astrology. And so we're not studying and looking for future telling. See, the devil perverts. He alters something from its original course, meaning, or state. It's a distortion. That's what the word pervert means. That's why it's called wicked. Wicked is, I think, of wicker furniture, twisted wood. That's what wicked means. It's evil or morally wrong, but it starts with a base, and he twists it. It's counterfeit. The only way to know something counterfeit, you know the real. So the devil counterfeits everything in God. 
So there's a prophecy in the stars. The stars don't tell about our future. They tell about our past and ultimately the future with God, Virgo. A virgin will give birth to a beautiful, glorious, and righteous branch. The seed of the woman will be a man of humiliation who will rise to the desire of the nations and will become exalted as shepherd, then harvester. And then goes the Libra. Libra, the scales demand a price to be paid of the seed. A cross to endure. The victim will be slain and purchased a crown, which leads to Scorpio. There's a conflict between the seed and the serpent leading to a struggle with the enemy. The enemy is vanquished, which leads us to Sagittarius. The double-natured seed, the servant king, triumphs as a warrior and pleases the heavens, builds fire, punishment, and casts down the dragon, which leads us to Capricornus. Eternal life comes from his death. He's the arrow of Jehovah, and he is pierced, yet springs up again in abundant life. Which brings us to Aquarius. He pours out living water from on high. Humanity drinks of the heavenly river and the faithful live again. He is the deliverer of the good news, the gospel, carrying the wood of the sacrifice over the earth, which leads us to Pisces. The Redeemer's people multiplied, supported, and led by the Lamb. The bride is exposed on earth and the bridegroom is exalted, which leads us to Aries. The Lamb is found worthy. The bride is made ready. Satan is bound. The strong man triumphs. Taurus, the conquering ruler, comes, the sublime vanquisher to execute the great judgment. He is the ruling shepherd king, Gemini, the marriage of the lamb. The enemy is trodden down. The prince comes in a great glory. Cancer, the great bride, the two house of Judah and Israel are united. They are safely brought into the kingdom to Leo. The Lion King is aroused for rending. The serpent flees. The bowl of wrath is upon him, and his carcass is devoured. The Lion of the tribe of Judah rules as king. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful what you mock. See, it's called the Maseroth. The signs and the times were in the stars. The stars don't tell us our future. They tell us man's past. And what God's prepared for us in the world's future, in man's future. See, it's about understanding. It's about becoming aware of just how unaware you are. It's about realizing that there's all kinds of information around you. And Jesus answered and spoke to the parables. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a marriage feast for his son and sent his servants to call on those who were invited to the marriage feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, behold, I prepared my dinner, my cattle, and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come to my marriage feast. And after the break, we're going to go through that, because you realize that the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Ladies and gentlemen, Judy, who was on my show yesterday, talked about how she's much more focused. She had so much going on in her head, so much going on in her heart, so many voices in her head that even though she wanted to be present, even though she wanted to be the person she was created to be, she couldn't. She was distracted. And so today, I want to help you get focused on what really matters. Why? Because he is risen. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was raised in a church. Uh, 
and uh, kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional, okay. but it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio like it matters. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Today is a special day because today the radio show is called He Is Risen. This week we're studying Passion Week. Uh, and yeah, it is in the Christian calendar. It's on the Jewish calendar. However, the way the week started and the way the week ended is much different if you're a Christian or a Jew or if you're a Muslim. Because we believe that this week... Not only did Jesus come in to Jerusalem, but he bore the weight of the world. He was the final day of atonement. All the sins of the world were put on him. The scapegoat, Zazel, I think is his name. So that his sin that he was put on him, was carrying, would be removed from the entire congregation. This is why you got to know the past. The past is a shadow of what's for coming. Even though Passover's already happened, even though the resurrection's already happened, we remind ourselves to remember, to put it back together, to recollect, to remember. Why? Because this world is confusing. This world is tough. Because faith requires a gap. What's that gap? Well, between what the good book tells you and what your flesh tells you between what the good book tells you and what your friends tell you between what the good book tells you and what the press tells you between what the good book tells you and the devil tells you. This is why they had the seven feasts to remember, to remind, to focus, to focus on a shadow, a type, a foreshadow. It's pointing to something, someone else. It's giving them hope. And for those of us on the other side of resurrection, it's giving us hope. See, Jesus, when he walked the planet, he said, I am. And there are eight I am statements Jesus made, not seven, because he said before Abraham was I am. He claimed the deity of God right there because we all know if we ever watch the Ten Commandments or actually picked up a Bible and read it, 
when G- when Moses asked God, Yehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, El Elyon, who should I tell the Pharaoh has sent me? And he said, tell him I am. And why is I am? Because God wants to be our I am. He's the I am to your needs. He's the I am to your hunger. He's the I am to your lust. He's the I am to your hope. He's the I am to your disappointments. He's the I am. And once you realize that he is the I am, then you can act as if. I'll say it again. Once you realize he is the great I am, then you can act as if. As if what? As if he is the great I am. As if I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for hope and a future. As if I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As if you are more than an overcomer. As if you are God's workmanship, masterpiece, prepared prepared in advance for good works for you to walk through. Anybody get it yet? But you know what he also is? He's our role model. I think it's the book of John where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I am that I am statement. I love it because you know what I hear him saying? I am your example. I am the way. Don't you hear it? I am the way, I am the truth, I am. He's saying, I'm your example. He's saying, what you see me doing, you do. See, I've always said this, that leadership is a loop. You got to flex your pecs, leaders. Permission, example, culture. Remember, my forte is leadership training. I've, I've been master practitioner of NLP for decades. It's God's owner's manual. It's the instruction manual for the human experience. And the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face because whatever we focus on, we move in that direction. So if you're focusing on God, if you're focused on his word, if you're focusing on being a conduit for the living God, if you're focused on being used, uh, if you're focused on seeing need, meeting need, if you're focused on being God's hands and feet, see, whatever you focus on, you move in that direction. If you're focused on pity, if you're focused on victimhood, if you're focused on racism, you move in those directions. Why? Because God connects our eyes and our feet, inextricably connected, because you look in the direction of your movement and you move in the direction of your focus. So if you don't like your life, change your focus, change your BS, your belief systems, change what stirs you up and drives you. Because children learn from what they see. Don't you get it? In this story, I'm going to read you. I love this. I say it all the time because it's so powerful and you got to wake up, people. In this story, our children are part of the story and we're the leader that being watched. But let me have you listen to this story again, these words again. But now let's change your perspective. Now you are the child And the incarnate Yahweh, the visible Yahweh, that's what Jesus is. He's the incarnate Yahweh. Most Jews before modern time believed in duality of Yahweh, not two different gods, but there was a spiritual Yahweh, God the Father, the Spirit, and then there's one that would manifest itself. 
in the physical form, the carnate, incarnate Yahweh. There was the invisible one who you never saw, but you might have heard, but it was the essence of it. But then there was one that was saw in flesh form, physically manifested, corporal, if you will. It's always been there. But until Jesus and all that argument there, they kind of got rid of that thought because they didn't like the thought that people might place Jesus. What, who would have thunk it, right? You'd place Jesus as the incarnate Yahweh? Because he is. That's why. Remember these words? When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator and I immediately wanted to paint another. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you feed a stray cat and I learned that it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make my favorite cake for me and, and I learned that the little things can be the special things in life. When you thought I wasn't looking, I, I heard you say a prayer and I knew, just knew, that there's a God and I could always talk to him and I learned to trust in him. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick. And I learned that we all have to help take care of each other. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you give your time, your money, your resources, you, you helping people. And these people had nothing. And through that, I learned that those who have something should give to those who don't. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you take care of our house and everyone in it, and I learned. I learned that we have to take care of what we are given. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw how you handled your responsibilities, even when you didn't feel good, didn't feel like it, and didn't want to. And through that, I learned that I would have to be responsible, just like you, when I grow up. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come from your eyes and, and I learned that sometimes things hurt and it's okay to cry because big boys do cry. Big boys do cry. Jesus wept. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw that you cared and I wanted to be everything that I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I learned most of life's lessons that I needed to know to be a good and productive person when I grow up. I looked at you and wanted to say thank you for all the things I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. See, I love that story because I lived my life that way. I always wanted to be the daddy that I never had because I didn't have a good daddy. I don't know who my real daddy was. And the one that I wound up with was an alcoholic, abusive, beat me, beat my mom, beat the kids. And for the longest time, that bothered me. For the longest time, why God? Why God? He used to say he walked down Center Street two miles to basic high school in Henderson, Nevada. What what did I do to you, God? Did I piss in your chair? What did I do with you? It's okay. God's a big God. He can handle it. See, ladies and gentlemen, in this, this, this is God. And we're the children. What are you watching him do? See, leadership's a loop. You got to flex your pecs, leaders, permission, example, culture. We give people permission through our actions, which leads us to E, which is example. 
A picture's worth a thousand words. People don't need another sermon. They need an example. And then the C is culture. And I'm not talking about yogurt. Culture is acceptable behaviors, repeated norms, points of contact and interaction that are pre-set up, that are preordained, that are value-driven. This is why I say, of the I am's, the one where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He's saying, listen, watch me. What I do, you do. Because I'm on this narrow path. And I'm going to God, the Father. And if you do what you see me doing, you'll be okay. You know, it's interesting. Jesus, when he's 12 years old, speaks the first words he spoke on this planet in our Bible. Where'd you think I'd be? I had to be about the father's business. He's talking about daddy. And one of the very last things he said on the cross is daddy. How about you? Does your day start calling out for daddy? And does your day end starting out for daddy? Maybe. It's because you don't know the risen Messiah. After the break, I'm going to give you five reasons to believe that he is risen. I'm black. Be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Today's key message is he is risen. You know, there's a lot of faiths out there, over 4,000. But there's only one who's leader. Suffered, died, buried, and rose again. And the whole correlation to that is to understand when you call on the name of Jesus, because the Bible said there's only one name under heaven and under earth that men must call on to be saved, and that name is Jesus. The Bible says, I don't care what your faith is, Muslim, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness, uh, Christian, uh, whatever you want to call the other ones, uh, God says that one day, every knee, not most, not many, not some, Every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You're going to do it on this side of eternity, and then Jesus becomes your defense attorney, your daysman, or you do it on the other side, and he is your judge, jury, and executioner. And so I just want you to know something. 
that I shared with you before, that Deuteronomy 8, it's a great, great chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. But you need to take a look at how it ends because if you know anything about a covenant, a blood oath, which is what our covenant is, it's a blood oath, that it always tells you the blessings of that oath. But it always ends with a curse, a consequence. If you don't fulfill this, here's the price that's going to pay. Here's what it's going to be. And so go to second. I mean, go to Deuteronomy eight verse nineteen to see what the threat is. If you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods to worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord has destroyed before you, so you will perish if you do not obey the Lord your God. What are those gods? Read Jonathan Kahn's Lewis book, Return of the Gods. And by gods, I mean little g. There's only one Jehovah. There's only one Yahweh. There's only one El Elyon, one Most High. But read a book now then. Why don't you Google Shadim? Why don't you Google Nahash? Why don't you take a look at the spiritual world and maybe take another fresh listen or look at first Enoch? Because you got the god Ashtaroth, which is the, the god of sexual perversion, which is running rampant today. You got the Baal, who's the god of the pantheon, the god of the little gods, the, the Elohim, the angelic realm outside of Jehovah, the bad gods. And then you got Molech. What's his claim to fame? Killing babies. Abortion. Don't tell me you haven't resurrected God. They're living well. But let me tell you about the one God that you need to know who rose again, Jesus. Five evidences that the resurrection of Jesus is not a fair. Just a couple of things. First of all, there's many non-biblical sources. I study not just the Bible, but non-biblical st- uh, stuff. Uh, one of the famous, uh, fl- uh, what is it, Flavius Josephus, Jewish historian, lived first century. He wrote a history of Judaism. I think it was around AD 93. Uh, He tells you all the history. Jesus Christ uh, was a real man and he was crucified. It talks about it. Read it. It's right there. So he's a real man. Muslims believe Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you read the Quran, Muslims say Isa. There are 94 ayats about Jesus. Jesus has a special place in the Quran. He is a, he is a, a breath of Allah. He is the seed of Allah. His station in the Quran uh, is on the same level of Muhammad, but people don't read their Quran like people don't read their Bible. The Quran says that a Christian can be a, a Muslim's one of the best friends. The Quran says if you get confused, if you don't understand the signs, go to people, seek the people of the previous books. They're talking about Christians, but you got to read it to know it. Jesus Christ is a real man. Jesus of Nazareth is historical and is documented that he was crucified. Number two. The tomb of Jesus was empty. The easiest way to disprove the resurrection of Jesus would be to produce a body, but they couldn't. And if you read the uh, stories in the Testament of the Bible, oh my gosh, if you fell asleep as a Roman uh, guard, death, immediate death, and look at all the sleepy soldiers, and look at all the cover-up, and why they knew, they knew if that tomb was empty, then they're going to have a problem on their hand. And the tomb was empty. And they wanted to prove that it was somebody else. Somebody else. The Muslims believe that there was a change. 
that Jesus was never on the cross. They believe in Jesus. They don't know what Messiah means. It's a shame-based faith. I mean, 70% of the Quran comes from the Bible. I hate to tell you that. It's just true. It's just true. And so you got to realize the tomb was empty. No one was there. They've never found the body of Jesus, but every other tomb or everything of a religious person, it's there. You know, here's an easy one. We have eyewitnesses of people seeing Jesus alive after his death. I mean, read the book. There are thousands of people. Matter of fact, Lee Strobel, Christian apologist, you know, evidence that demands a verdict, right? While we only have one or two sources for much of what we know from ancient history, we have nine ancient sources inside and outside the New Testament confirming the testimony of the disciples that they encountered the resurrected Jesus. Think about that. In one time, over 500 people. A mass hallucination like that is not possible. I mean, it's documented. Thirdly, the earliest disciples died for their claim of a resurrected Jesus. I want you to think about that. That's how much they believed. They believed in a resurrected Jesus. That's stunning. They believed in a resurrected Jesus. How do I know that? Because before Jesus died, his brothers thought he was nuts. Read the book. There's a story with Jesus in a house and he's making people mad because he's claiming to be God. And someone unbeknownst to him undoubtedly sends someone out to get Mary, get his brothers. Hey, Jesus is going to get killed. You guys got to come get him because he's, he's saying some wacko stuff, man. He's claiming to be God. And there's a knock on the door and the Bible says that someone comes to Jesus. He said, Jesus, I think it was sarcastic. Oh, God, your mother and your brother are outside. And you know what Jesus said? He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But he or she who does the will of my father, that is my mother, that is my brother. So all you out there who do the will of my father, you're my brother, my sister, from another mother. Think about it. There's scripture that says Jesus' brother thought he was crazy. And now you go back to what happened after his death. James, his half-brother, went on to be the first leader of the Jerusalem church. James, who turned to be his half-brother, was taken to the top of the same temple that Jesus was and told to deny the deity of Jesus as Christ. He refused, and they threw him off the cliff all the way down, but he didn't die. And so he actually had, they clubbed him to death at the bottom after falling. And by the way, another reason why you can say that it's for sure that the tomb was empty, he is risen, is because Jesus' resurrection spread so quickly, it couldn't be legend. I mean, Lee Strobel put it so well when he talks about it, said it took more than two generations in the ancient world for legends to develop and wipe out a solid core of historical truth. I mean, think about it. Lee goes on to give the example of, of a King Arthur, an English king who supposedly lived around 8,500. The first stories of King Arthur didn't appear until 300 or 400 years after he supposedly lived, long enough for anyone who could have contradicted the legend to die off. So if the stories of Jesus rising from the dead would have appeared 100 years or more after the resurrection, there would have been enough time passed so the church fathers could rewrite it. But get this, just go and let her Paul from Corinth. 
1 Corinthians. It's dated 50 AD in the 50s, a mere 20 years after the resurrection. So there are lots of people around, lots of people that could discount or refute the stories, but they weren't. You got to get this. Here's the problem. You can always find reasons not to believe. I used to believe people were looking for reasons to believe. No, they're looking for reasons not to believe. Not to believe. Just find one reason to believe. And again, I didn't separate this out, but really one of the biggest ones for me is that these people who earlier doubted Jesus, who earlier mocked Jesus, who earlier thought Jesus was a little bit too um, religious, a zealot. Now they were willing to die for him. Would you give your life for a lie? Most people want to give it for the truth. If someone says they love you, but you don't believe they love you, are you loved? And the answer is clearly no. For God so loved the world, he did something about it. For Jesus so loves you, he hung on the cross. For Jesus so loves you, he died and resurrected and came back the third day. Enjoy the rest of this week. And remember, he is risen. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.